welcome to another episode of BHP Book Club. I am your host, Kelly Morgan. Today I'm speaking with author, storyteller, Vito Altavilla. He's wrote a wonderful memoir called It Began in Brooklyn, and it is literally about his life, and he shares some hilarious stories. If you are a fan of memoirs, you should definitely pick this one up. I'm so excited to speak with him. I won't keep you waiting any longer. Welcome to the podcast, author, storyteller, Vito Altavilla. Vito, thank you so much for being our the newest book club member and coming on the podcast. How are you? I'm fine. Uh, I, I'm really looking forward to it. Well, good. I'm so glad that you are here to talk about your book. It began in Brooklyn, and um, I love to talk to authors. And one of the things I always like to ask authors is kind of find out about their writing journey. So, you know, I'm, I'm interested in how this how this book became a book and what well, made you decide to make it a book. Uh, that's, you know, it's funny. Uh, I'm I basically a retired industrial research chemist. Okay, I got patents and all that kind of stuff. That's another lifetime, okay? So uh, on Friday mornings, I usually get together with a bunch of guys from church. Usually Friday morning, we have breakfast together. Everybody's swapping stories and so forth. And I seem to have a little more than most of them. And most of them were saying, one of the guys was saying, you know, you got so many stories, Vito, you ought to write a book. I said, you know, maybe I'll give it a shot. That's the way the whole thing started. And uh, eight months later, I, I had the book. And, uh, and it, it got pretty exciting. I found that writing, it, it just generated so many memories. Like I haven't forgotten anything. And, and uh, it was it was just a lot of fun. I found that as I'm writing it, I started laughing to myself about this particular incident or that particular incident. And although they weren't funny at the time, in retrospect, they're, they're funny now, you know? I mean, because it was such a different time. You know, I mean, I mean, so what I had actually done is I actually sent out a few books. And believe it or not, I sent out one to uh, Ken Burns, who does the documentaries. And this all nice love, not an email, an actual letter saying, well, I said, oh, the hell with that. I'll, I'll try and write a screenplay. So I never wrote a screenplay before. So I got a book on how to write a screenplay. So I wrote a screenplay. That's with a whole bunch of people looking at it now. So we'll see where that goes. But anyway, it became a lot of fun. And and uh, as as it progressed, I I, I I was getting flashbacks. I mean, I mean, you got to remember that once you start writing it, it's, I started it the first chapter with my father because the Italian tradition is you always name the first son after the father's father. That's how I got the name Vito, okay? I got brothers named Joe and Bob, but my name got stuck with Vito. Okay. <clears throat> the problem with that is that my father learned how to fight at a very young age. Okay. Cause he had to do the same thing. And his first name was Cuche Fiasco, which actually means crucifix. So his name is Crucifix Alta Villa. And in an Italian neighborhood, that's not good. That, 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 <laughs> that's, that's not good at all. And uh, he, he got up to the eighth grade before he had a, an incident with a teacher. Actually, he uh, the teacher liked to pick on him. And uh, anyway, make a long story short, my father laid him out. 
That was the end of his schooling. <laughs> he laid out the teacher and that was oh, the yeah, end of it. <laughs> he, 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 uh, he clocked him right out, yeah. He, the teacher was saying, since name is crucifix, where do you think the nails were in Christ's hands? It was during Lent. And he was, my uncle described it to me, he said, your father said he didn't think it was the palm of the hand, he thought it was above the wrist because it was stronger there. And, and he, he said, uh, everybody was talking about what he had done. He said, see, I can still make a fist. And as the teacher looked, leaned over to look at his fist, he clocked him. <laughs> but, <laughs> you gotta remember, it was different times. Anyway, to make a long story short, that was the beginning of the book. 1941, <clears throat> my dad's married with a couple of years with my mom and, and uh, <clears throat> Uh, they got a house in Gerritsen Beach, which is Brooklyn. Now, there's a lot of little towns in Brooklyn. Brooklyn's comprised of a lot of little Brooklyn Heights, Flatbush, Bedford Stuyvesant, all these different areas, but it's all Brooklyn. <clears throat> so, anyway, 1941. So, he got a house in Gerritsen Beach, $500 down, and a $2,000 mortgage. Now, to show you how different things were then, the house needed work, okay? It needed, it needed shingles on a roof. It needed some carpentry work. It needed some 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 uh, and I, I described this and uh, my father said I took off a couple of weeks from work just trying to get it started and Mr. Mahoney the guy next door said no 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 he said wait 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 slow down Al he said look Jimmy the roof has got lots of extra shingles he'll be over he'll give you a hand he'll have that thing done in a day and then there was Frankie the carpenter and then it was Bruce the plumber and so forth everybody on the block had a different trade and and they did the whole thing and my father said uh he wasn't used to that. He said, well, what, what are you? He's, he, neighbors helping neighbors don't charge. It didn't cost a cent. I said, here was my dad with, you know, I was two years old. I get it. My brother was two months old. And and that was the that was the beginning of it. Now, to put it, get an idea and mindset, a lot of Irish and Italian in that neighborhood, a couple of Polish people. And unfortunately, one German family who still spoke with a German accent. Not good during World War II. Yeah, I was going to say, not good. <laughs> no and the one thing that they all have a fear of on the block everybody had the same fear is when a western union guy came down with the telegram okay because everybody had pretty well every every house had a blue star in the window which meant you had somebody in the army but there were four houses that had gold stars which means they were gone so when that guy came down with his bicycle everybody just held their breath he just just past the house just go past the house you know but you know that was that was the the tension part of it on the other hand there were things like mr mahoney had uh, there was only one tree on that block and there was mr mahoney had it. it was a weeping willow tree and it was leaning towards the house and he was getting nervous about it so he called up one of the guys and that guy called up a bunch of the other guys on the block and that following saturday every father became a lumberjack the guys all went out and got checkered shirts and everybody had their own saw. There's no chainsaws, okay? Nobody had a chainsaw. What are you gonna use a chainsaw for? It's Brooklyn. Everybody had a regular saw though. So the first guy up there would be Jimmy the fireman, okay? Because he was used to heights. And when his arm got tired, then it was Frankie the carpenter. And then it was Bruce the plumber. And my father was down at the bottom. He says, put those guys, I said, I'll stack. He said, I ain't gonna go up that damn tree. So, <laughs> so. So, so and, and and the whole tree came down and the kids, we were ecstatic because it was a weeping willow tree. The branches were flexible. We could all make our own bow and arrows, which we did the following day. But at the end of that day, when everything was stacked up, 
that called for a block party. Now, block parties happened about, and I checked this out about a year ago, and they still have block parties in that area. But something special happened to be a block party. Whatever they went, whatever the wives were making for supper, that would come out, get saw horses, four by eight sheets, so forth. There'd be whiskey, wine, beer. Didn't matter how drunk somebody got, you're gonna walk home. Nobody had a car. So, so, so it really didn't matter. It didn't matter how loaded you were. And and, and and it was that, and they played some music and people danced in the street. It was just just a great, a great place to grow up. Now, that was that was the first block party. Uh, uh, and I'll, I'll mention one other block party and then I'll mention some other things that this is all in a book okay okay the second block party was kind of unique because that made the daily news it's 1947-48 okay <clears throat> there was a jumper he was on a fire escape and sure enough the fire engine comes in Jimmy the fireman is the first guy up the ladder scales up a couple of more stores floors on from the outside grabs onto the now, this is all photographed with the Daily News, but they only had shots of Jimmy the fireman from the back, okay? So Jimmy gets there, and he's there, and, and they said, they're taking pictures, they're taking pictures, and and all of a sudden, you see the guy sag over Jimmy's shoulder, and, and, and they lower a harness from the roof, and Jimmy comes down with the guy over his shoulder. They said, they noticed he had a little bit of bruise on his cheek. He's probably bumped against, he bumped against the building. You know, it's not a big deal. So he said, well, would you, how come he just sag? He says, I told him a lot of people really love him. They really care for him and so forth. He said, really? He said, so, and then the newspapers went away. So Jimmy comes over to where the guys are talking. We go, we heard, he says, what really happened, Jimmy? He said, I said, I just, that's a lot of bullshit with these guys. He says, what happened? He says, I got four kids to come home to one night. As soon as I got within range, he said, I hit that son of a bitch just as hard as I can. He just sagged right over my shoulder. Another block party. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a great story. So the book is a is a memoir of you growing up in yeah. Brooklyn. Yeah, it's it's basically nonfiction narrative. Okay. Now I got to tell you a funny story though. This is this all the stories I'm talking about are in the book, right? But you'll you'll like this. Now we had <laughs> we all were making bow and arrows. Okay, so we made the bows. We all had the well, every mother saved the the string from the butcher because it was good string cord so we 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 strip off the bark because it's soft on a weeping willow tree and we made ourselves bows now we needed arrows well it was a little swamp area and it had reeds so you cut a reed about oh maybe so big and you get tar from the street because the tar was melted in the summer on the streets in those days but now you needed a, a metal tip well a couple of blocks away some people had cars so we undo the cap you know where you fill the air and that became the tip, right? Those things would go 150, 200 feet. Eight-year-old kids, this, I mean, we, we made those, okay? So I told the guys, I said, what about a slingshot? I said, no, Vito, everybody called me Sonny in those days. I said, no, Sonny, just, we're happy with this. I said, I'm gonna get a slingshot. So I go back and I find a perfect thing, a little perfect Y like that. I had to get the rubber, and I, so I'm rummaging through where my mom kept the, the water, you know, the. The, the wash and so forth. I found a rubber girdle and, and I whispered, do you really need a mom? So she couldn't hear me. She can't hear me. She says, I guess it's okay. Cut up a girdle. That was really great rubber, man. I mean, they really made a girdle, great rubber. And But then I needed a pouch. So I called my friend, Matty. He says, Matty, I gotta get a pouch. I can't find the right thing. He says, hey, the nuns do their wash. They just did their wash today. 
Thursdays, the nuns did their wash. He says, they got those things there. I think they call them brassiers or whatever they, he said, they're like cups. I said, oh, he said, there's one that's a small size. He says, I think it'd be perfect for you. I go trotting over there and I shimmy up the pole and I see it. I said, ah, oh, it's perfect. So I yanked that thing off, but I yanked it and, and I yanked it too hard and it clawed the, 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 everything started to sway and whole wash line came down. So the next, you know, at church that, that Sunday, priest wanted to know, you know, who's going to, nobody's going to say anything, but Sister Josephine's missing an undergarment, right from that, he says, you're going to, get, I said, give it back, I said, I got a spare now, I said, I already cut it in half, and I, that's how I got my slingshot, <laughs> now, but, now, now, here comes the crazy part, you got to remember, it was a very innocent time, okay, not, you weren't inundated with all this information from if somebody did something wrong in one city, the whole country knew about it. Everything was, sucky, you know, everything was just your town and so forth. So there was words like sex were never mentioned. No, I never heard the word sex until they talked about, they talked about the birds and the bees in the eighth grade and we got all excited about it. What do you think we talked about? Birds and bees, not a people. I said, we don't care about birds and bees. about the people? They never told us. So, so anyway, this one particular summer, my mom says, look, come with me. Your grandma's looking after Joey. She says, you come with me, I'm gonna visit my friend, Jean. Jean had a daughter a year older than me and a son a year younger. And um, she, my, she figured I could occupy her kids while they had a nice, you know, a, a nice visit. So it's four block walk and everybody walked in those days. <clears throat> anyway. So, so we get there and my mother knocks on the door, the screen door, Jean yells, it's open, come on in. My mother opens up the door and I go in before her. And just as I do that, Jean says, I'll be with you in a minute. I'm toweling off my daughter, Lucy, she just had a bed. As she go in there, she drops the towel and I see a naked girl. This is the first time I saw a naked girl. I said, oh my God. Now you gotta, at that time we thought the only difference between boys and girls, boys had the short hair, wore pants, Girls had long hair, wore dresses, and if it got cold, they wore leggings, okay? Girls never wore slacks. Not in those days. So I see this girl, and I see her, I says, my, I says, it's, something's missing. How's she, how she gonna go to bed? It's gone. My, it's gone. And I said, I'll explain it to you when you get home. And I'm really, really confused. And I'm, I'm in shock. I thought it never even entered my mind that it was that much difference, okay? So we get home. <laughs> I said, my mom, what, what about what about Lucy? I said, is she going to die? Is she going to she's going to be fine, son? You got to. She says, I'm going to explain something to you, just a little bit. I said, okay. What is it? What you call your PP is called a penis, and if you don't have one, it's called a vagina. I said, I said well, how does it work? What about? She says, that's all you got to know for now. The rest you'll understand as you get older. I said, yeah, okay, fine. So I see my friend Maddie outside. I said, Maddie, you want to have a game of catch? She said, yeah. I said. I says, you can't believe what I saw today. I explained it to him. He says, that's a lot of bull. How's she going to pee without that? It can't work. How are you going to do that? I said, so I told him, I said, no, it's, it's called a vagina. He said, well, look, let me get my baseball glove. I'm going to go in, but I'm going to ask my mother. Maybe she knows what a vagina is. I had never heard of such a thing. He comes out five minutes later. She said, she told me the same thing your mother said. You know, if you don't have one, that's what it's called. He said, look, this is too confusing. Let's go play catch. And that was the first shock of my life was... At, at seven years old. We that didn't, you know, is I mean, funny. 
So how how far does the book go until you're what age? Oh, it goes. It, the book goes from from basically from from uh, grade school right through uh, the book all the way through, through uh, high school, uh, the service. When I was in the Navy, because I was in the Navy, I was in the CBs, and we had a rock and roll band. And uh, so there's incidents of when we, we, we had a deal with the officers that, that don't give us guard duty at, on weekends and we'll play for your parties once a month for free, okay? So that was the deal. So we played Casablanca. We were stationed in Mar I was stationed in Morocco for about a year. Played Casablanca, Tangiers, Marrakesh. Uh, we were, we, that one year in North Africa paid for probably close to three years of university. We were making money hand over fist. We picked up a... Uh, a, a, a 51, uh, 50, 51 Jaguar limousine from a strand of German band. We all chipped in, and that thing held everything. I mean, it was big, and that's what we would go to different clubs and play with. Okay, and and one of one of the one of the, uh, <laughs> one of the uh, and you met some incredible people. We were playing one time, and I was keep in mind it was like in Morocco at the time it was like 400 francs to a dollar or something like that. <clears throat> we were in Tangiers and we played late. We just went, we just got went to the local hotel and we just wanted to sleep. Okay, we're tired. I get a knock on the door. I said, "What?" It's Monsieur, Monsieur, would you like some company? I said, "No, no, just leave me alone." Then I call the guy down and says, "Don't send any women up here. I, I got to get some sleep." Yeah, oh yeah. Well, there's just a few more. I says, oh, just a thousand francs, a thousand francs. That's two bucks. I said, no, 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 just leave me alone. Next, about 15, 20 minutes later, there's a little knock on the door. Monsieur, monsieur, would you like company for the night? Uh, only a thousand francs. I said, no, 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 we're down to a buck. Uh, no, yeah, we're down to a dollar, okay. Anyway, another one, finally, the last one comes in about 45 minutes later. I said, I gotta get some sleep. I said, just go away. But monsieur, monsieur, please, a hundred francs. That's 27 cents. I said, I was kind of curious. <laughs> I, said, I can't imagine what somebody looks like for 27 cents. <laughs> but I said, not a hell with it. <laughs> you know? But where we made a lot of money, believe it or not, is when you had a band, the bad guys, you know, the, 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 the pimps, the bad guys, the racketeers and so forth. Nobody bothered the band. If you were a band member, nobody bothered you. <clears throat> you were sort of like, or, or, you know, you don't touch the guys on the band unless they want to be touched. <clears throat> but the one thing that all the women had the same problems with, they all complained about the same thing. You'll never guess what it was. What was it? Cold feet. <laughs> they all complained about cold feet. So I said, huh, I gotta send my, mother my money. I had my mother sending me dozens and dozens and dozens of wool socks, cold feet. And they just let me, you know, you got the, you got the socks. I got the socks. I'm making, you know, I'm charging two to three times more than what I paid for. So you're in the band, you're selling uh, I mean, socks to the oh, women. Yeah, but, then, well, yeah, but I, I brought them that I thought I started to get underwear. I had my mother going to church every, every night. She was getting worried about her, her son. She was made doing novenas that night, man. She, she, my father sent me a letter. Said, "What the hell are you doing?" He says, "It's costing me a fortune. You being over there. Your mother's she's going to the priest and saying her prayers and all this kind of stuff." Um, we we got, uh, but you know, there's some there's some. Oh, there were a lot a lot of funny incidents. It, 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 like when we were when we were uh, teenagers. Okay, in those days, uh, when we moved to. We moved to Queens and Rosedale, uh, and 
it, it was a big park and they would have dances on the weekends on on uh, in the tennis courts and so forth and just for teenagers but also the ymca would have dances too and that was saturday usually for teenagers from three to six okay and they you'd have the track around the ymca you know for, for guys running and then you'd also have uh, the band music coming in okay so i remember me hooking up with my friends and this is the really a really embarrassing time of my this one of the most embarrassing moments i ever experienced i met my friends there and and they said well i said gee there's a cute girl over there in the corner i'm gonna ask her to dance i said what about you guys he says now we're gonna look around a little bit i said well she's really well, she really looks good and now in those days nightclubs were the big thing so what the ymca did is they had these little round tables and they had these checkerboard tablecloths that would go right down to the floor okay <clears throat> so i would go over to the girl and say hey we don't run down tell her who you are she'd say cheers her name is grace remember her name is grace she says oh yeah she says yeah well grace stands up and she's exactly the same height as she was sitting down i said oh yeah 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 i asked the midget to dance or today you call them little people the top of her head was exactly equal with my belt buckle now i'm 15 years old you don't have very much control when you're 15 years old i could feel her breath and the slow, it's a slow song. When I keep moving my butt out further away, further away, for, can't wait for long to end, I'm dying. So I said, I, said, I, said, I gotta go, I got a part-time job. I said, but it was fun dance with you, great. And, I, I, and, I'm, and I'm going back to my friends, I'm trying to be bent over so I wouldn't be so obvious my problem. And, and I look at my friends, they're hanging on to each other. They're laughing so hard. They said, <laughs> you look like a horizontal V. He says, Look, everybody's laughing. I, I said, oh, yeah, every, everybody in there. There must have been 50 kids were looking at me and laughing. I go, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was the most embarrassing moment. You know, those, it sounds like a wonderful book. When, um, how long has that, how long has it been out there? When did you publish the book? It's been about a year. Uh, and and uh, what I've, I've done is, uh, <clears throat> we got a, we got a lot of hits, but we, we, it didn't because they wanted more and more promotion and things of that nature and and when what i did is i said you know i said uh, i'm gonna every part time i talked to everybody kept saying boy that'll make a good movie or that'll be a fun thing to do and so forth so i put more of my emphasis on that which seems to be developing into to a lot of different things and i can't believe uh, uh working with these the, this guy out of texas uh, and this, he, he's in Texas, his partner is in New Jersey. And then there's Anthony Moore with Lindsay in California. And uh, yeah, every time we start talking, we, it took forever to say, let's do it organized. Okay, the first eight years, grade school, okay? Because we'd, we'd start laughing as soon as we start talking about it, you know? Uh, did that really happen? Yeah, it really happened. But you know, you gotta remember the times, you know? I mean, I, I used to take, when, when I graduated grade school, you know, to go to high school, I went to high school in, in Manhattan. So it was a four block walk. You go under the highway underpass, get on a bus. That's a 25 minute ride. Then you went down to the subway station, which was another 25 minutes. And you're like this here, okay? Well, a lot of funny stuff happens in, in that stuff. I mean, I had, I had, uh, and we started talking about it, you know, I had, I, my mother would make me a bologna sandwich every day. I had bologna sandwich every day for lunch all four years of high school. Three slices of bologna, mayonnaise, three slices of thin sliced tomatoes for moisture, my mother would say. Put it between two books and you just carry your books. Everybody, nobody had satchels like you have to. You just carry the books. 
Well, I, I, I like Boeing, but it gave me flatulence. And you can't believe the reaction that you have when you're in a packed car in a subway and you have lost some control. <laughs> the comments that you see is, oh, they broke that sewer line. God damn it, they broke the sewer line again. Uh oh, some woman would say, it's, I don't know what that is, but it's making my makeup run and all this kind of stuff. And it, <laughs> <laughs> it was, uh, you know, so when I started writing this, the funny thing is, is you find it, you're entertaining yourself, remembering all of that stuff. And it was like just like watching the television show uh, for yourself. And and uh, I, I've, I've enjoyed it. I, I've never had so much fun. So you said that you're working on a screenplay, right? I did the screenplay. We've, we got that finished. Now we got it into about 31 different movie produced production houses and so forth. We're going to see what happens there. Well, good uh, luck. That would I think it'd make a great movie. Every, you know, everybody says that. And then we got <laughs> we got we got that. We got uh, finishing uh, about another week's work, and then we're going to submit uh, like a package to uh, like CBS. We got a shot at that because they have a program for uh, you know like a TV show or movie, whatever they're going to do with it. We'll, we'll see. And then, and then, and then we got. Uh, we'll see where it's going. Oh, and uh, one of the guys at Anthony's place. We were, his name is Daxton. He bright, bright, bright young guy. Uh, and that's been a fun of it. I've been working with wonderful people. I mean, I mean, I, you know, I am so impressed uh, as to how intelligent they are and, and knowledgeable. You know, and with no baloney. I mean, they just hardworking, great people. And uh, and Daxton is said, look, Peter said, I want to help you do like a rewrite on some of the stuff. Maybe we can, we said, we got some ideas on this. Okay. So, but you know, the funny thing, the way the whole thing started, when I, when I, when I wrote the book and I said, I got to get somebody to help me promote this in the right way. I didn't want to do the Facebook thing. I, I didn't want to do what everybody else does because you're not going to stand out. Right. So I found out about Anthony Moore Communications. And, and, and he said, well, you know, we don't do a lot of that stuff. He says, well, tell, give me one of your stories. So I told him a story about 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 the, about the midget. He calls me back the next day. He says, I can't get that damn story out of my head. <laughs> well, you know, you know, I mean, also, you know, we tried to, you know, my friends and I, we saw my exit on, on the subway was Penn Station. And every morning that you were there, there were two nuns, two little nuns, okay? <clears throat> and they had this little wire basket and they, you know, thousands of people going past this and they're dropping the coins and some people dropping their dollars. And I'm watching it, and, you know, I said, I noticed it the first time, I, I took my time the second morning and, and I noticed uh, that they would take a turn and go like this here and empty it into a big pocket, I guess, in their habits and, come, and the thing would be empty again. I go, these nuns are pulling in some big money. So I mentioned it to my friends. So my friend Moff says, I'm gonna I'm gonna be late for school tomorrow. I said, I'm gonna go there early. I'll see maybe I get there at the same time. So he does, and we hook up in that afternoon. I said, What? He says, He's those he says, Yeah, I says, you sure they're nuts, Vito? I says, it could be a couple of hookers. You know, I said, No, 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 I think I'm sure they're nuts. He says, they gotta be they're pulling in more money than anybody dropping coins in their basket. He said, there's no doubt about that. He said, I calculate they're pulling in about two hundred dollars a morning. He says, and then don't forget your rush hour at night. He's then making more money in a day than my dad makes in a week. I said, what do you want to do? He says, we got to try to become nuts. We work 42nd Street. We'll take turns. We don't shave yet. 
Facebook to make our voices hi, 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 thank you, God bless, we can do that. You know, <laughs> we went to costume shops. We went every, they take one look at us, don't trust your kid, get out of here and so forth. We even went to a, to a comic where they had all nuns dying and we asked them for their old clothes because we told them our mothers were seamstresses and we can make clothes for the poor with it. And they just, nobody believed us. We tried, we tried for about a month. We, we just, we could never pull it off. But we tried, we wanted to really be nuts for, oh, we would take turns. The money was awesome. <laughs> Vico, thank you so much for being on the podcast. If somebody wants to get a copy of the book, where is it available? The best thing is to my website. It, it began in Brooklyn.com. Really easy. It began in Brooklyn.com. Thank you yeah. again so much for being on the podcast and for sharing your stories and your journey. I truly appreciate you. Oh, it was it was fun talking to you. Uh, yeah, I'll tell you, uh, I, could, I could talk forever. I'll, I'll just tell you, it, it's it's a uh, it's a different world today. And and uh, what 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 I miss most really is things were just more black and white you know people were more honest with each other uh people you know people that if you call somebody a liar in those days boy that would be really really bad you know not so much today is it no 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 (laughs) no there's no such thing as a little liar or big you're a liar if you did something okay and you know it was was, it's, it's just the way it was you know uh, but the the book is the book's a lot of fun. You'll see reading about the, when I had like a we finally could get a car. Or my part time. You want me to tell you one quick one before you go? go? Quickly, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Okay, I had I had a part time job on Saturdays, Louis the Butcher. Okay, and that was the the, the <laughs> that was a bike with the little wheel in the front and the big basket. You know, like they had in the old days. Well, his best customer was Fanny. Fanny lived about four blocks away. So this particular day, I got a big load of stuff for Fanny. And I, I get there and I knock on the door and she yells from the second floor and it's just open it, go in there, Sonny said, the door's open, go inside. Just start unloading. I said, okay, so I'll be down in a minute. Now, Fanny was not quite all there. She was about seven years old, <clears throat> had frizzy hair. She had, she came down, she had this house dress. I still remember pink and orange flowers like on that with snaps that went like from the shoulder across this way, okay? Well, she decides she's gonna help me pack. So she bends over and she forgot to use the snaps. When she bent over, the whole dress would pop open. She had nothing on underneath. This is a seven year old woman. It was like a mini afro would pop out. I'm 15 years, I'm in shock. And she stand up and the whole thing would disappear again. Bend over, stand up, close it. (laughs) And I go back, she gave me a quarter tip. 75 cents an hour that was pretty that was a good tip and i go back i see louis says well, you can't believe what i saw louis he starts laughing he says now welcome to the public kid there's more to come <laughs> oh that is a funny story Vito, again thank you so much for sharing your stories and being the fun. newest member to the book club i truly appreciate you well it was it was fun and thank you for the opportunity you are very welcome you take thank you for listening to another episode of bhp book club i am kelly morgan your host i just wrapped up with author storyteller vito altavilla 
he shared his wonderful memoir, It Started in Brooklyn, which is available on Amazon and wherever books are sold. He's got some wonderful stories. I truly enjoyed speaking with him. He was a wonderful guest and he may be turning that book into a screenplay. We wish you all the best, Vito. If you are a author and you would like to promote your book and come on the podcast and be the newest member to the book club, it is simple, simple, simple. All you have to do is go to my website, brightheadedpublishing.com, go to the contact section, drop me a line, I'll get in touch, we'll hook up. The next thing you know, you'll be the next author on the podcast promoting their book. You can also get all my social media links as well on the website. Thank you so much for listening. I truly couldn't do this without you. I am truly grateful for every person who listens to this podcast. Next week, I'll have another author, but until then, keep writing.